What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on our podcast, just do it or else. Boardrooms are taking the lead on vaccination mandates for employees from the airwaves at CNN to airplanes at United. New York Times, Kate Kelly. Now you have once again corporations potentially at the vanguard of what really is a cultural or a social issue. And as always, not everyone's happy about it. LaSalle Network's Tom Gimbel. Today there's so much political divisiveness that people want to throw stones at anybody who wants to do what's right for the masses. Of course, that's only a problem if you have a workforce at all. But good news for us, the July jobs number is out. This is an incredibly strong number, stronger than anticipated, and that's good news. Plus, currently employed, but maybe not for long, at least for teachers. CNBC's Kate Rogers. One in four teachers say they are likely to leave the profession by the end of this year. Those stories, plus a dispirited airline, is staying grounded, and so is Becky, but for different reasons. I like things here. Earth is a pretty great place. It's Friday, August 6th, 2021. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, fuel please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. I'm Becky Quick, along with Andrew Ross Sorkin. Joe's out today. Big day, though, with what we're watching. Up first today, American jobs. The first Friday of the month employment report is out, and the U.S. economy created 943,000 jobs in July. That's really, really good. Despite Delta variant fears, despite a tight labor supply, last month's hiring rose at its fastest pace in a year. Unemployment ticked down to 5.4%, which also a better number than economists were expecting. Leading the hiring pack were the leisure and hospitality industries, with wages in both ticking upward as well. Education also had a good month, although you'll hear in a few minutes about teachers and their separate employment problems. But overall, things are chugging right along, which, yes, it's nice for us to feel a little relieved, a little optimistic about our economy's future, but it's more than that. On Wall Street, traders have been looking for some validation. Things are improving, right? Growing steadily, if slowly? Because a lot of them have been losing money. Markets are hitting highs, but large cap stocks are on a roller coaster, with COVID cases raising concerns about consumer behaviors in the foreseeable future. So from today's report, we're doing okay. BlackRock's Kate Moore, our own Becky Quick, and former chair of Obama's Council of Economic Advisors, Austin Goolsby, broke down the numbers. Here's Kate. I have to say, I think this labor market report will be positive for sentiment, though. It is a confirmation that we're going to continue in the growth path. There's been a lot of concern that the Delta variant would slow down the recovery in the second half of this year. Perhaps we'll see more of that. But at least over the summer months, the high-frequency data has looked quite good. So I think this is a positive. Uh, The only thing I will note is that companies have had a hard time continuing to get people in seats and throughout the earnings calls have complained about having to pay 
meaningfully higher wages. Hey, Austin, you were thinking that we might get a lower number, especially because of what we've seen with the Delta variant. Um, does, does this number, stronger than anticipated, and especially that unemployment number, all the way down to 5.4 percent, does that put more pressure on the Fed to, to start tightening policy sooner rather than later? It might. Um, as I said, the, there was this technical issue about the reference week that when they did the survey that determines the unemployment rate was before the Delta variant really started spreading. So I think we would definitely want to keep an eye on that for the next month. If the actual unemployment rate is going to get down into the fives or even into the fours, then even the folks that are on team temporary, like I, I consider myself, once we get to something like full employment, now you've got the Fed has got to be concerned about the chances for sustained inflation. CNN has fired three employees who came to work without getting a covid vaccine in an email to employees. CNN President Jeff Zucker saying those employees violated the company's honor system, which had asked workers to attest that they were vaccinated, but didn't require them to produce evidence. Zucker said there is a zero tolerance policy. Those who come to the office or work in the field with other employees need to be vaccinated. Up to now, workers had been coming into the office on a voluntary basis. The company was targeting September 7th as its official return, like so many other businesses, to to the office. But Zucker said that date has now been postponed. But, Becky, I, I think this is one of those moments. There's been a big question within the business world, not just should you should should you require vaccines, but then how are you going to enforce it? What are you going to do? Is there going to be a. Uh, a grace period. What's going to happen? Jeff Zucker effectively saying this matters and it's serious. Yeah, I, look, there's a lot of questions. And I think we've kind of all seen through the pandemic that there are rules that are put in place and there are places where they are very strictly followed and places where they are not. Um, some places weren't very on top, on top of things in terms of making sure they were following the mandates that were kind of put out there. And, and we've all seen and heard about places where that's happened. Clearly not the case here. My guess is there'll be some pushback, at least from some places in CNN, just because it was voluntary to show up at work. Um, maybe there were people who thought this was another place where things were lax. You know, Jeff Zucker saying, no, 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 this is very clear. You can't show up without that. And I think we'll probably start to see more and more places that are going to require vaccines, particularly as the emergency use authorization uh, is is moved to full authorization. That's going to happen right. very quickly with Pfizer and probably Moderna, too. And that may um, alleviate some of the legal issues that employers had considered before. Always an interesting question, by the way, how key the employees are, because when you think about it, um, I don't know if it had been, um, you know, a, a uh, you know, a primetime star anchor, for example, would, would it be come to that same conclusion? We don't know who these three employees are. I'm, I'm not saying they're important or unimportant, but I have to imagine that actually must weigh in the decision, you would think. Not, not, maybe, maybe, maybe it shouldn't. Not. I mean, look, if he's, maybe if, it he's setting, if he's laying down the law and setting rules, it shouldn't yep. um, matter. No, it shouldn't. It I'm, I'm just saying in the, in, the, in the practical universe, if you got into a situation like that as a boss, where you'd actually have to, if, 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 your, if your great rainmaker was this person, w- you know, what would you decide to do? I don't know. And I, that's, I will by the way, say I, that this sends a very clear message um, for, oh, very for much what the so. policy is going to be there, from here on out. There are a number of business leaders that I've heard from, as I've been talking a lot about vaccine mandates, who've said, look, 
you know, we could we could say that we're going to do it. But then how are we going to enforce it? What are we really going to do? You know, maybe maybe Jeff Zucker is the model then. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's we're, there we're, we're in uncharted territory. Yeah, there's there, yep. there will be lots of models and there are um, pretty different feelings in different parts of the country um, and, and in different businesses, too. So I, I think there's probably going to be lots of models going forward. But this is a pretty clear one that says, yeah, zero tolerance policy. And here's the proof of that. So I don't think anybody will have any questions at CNN from here on out. You think there's a lawsuit? Um, I don't know. Seems like you can get a lawsuit for just about anything. So, um. well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> the question is whether there's a winning lawsuit. Right. So, right. United Airlines will require COVID-19 vaccinations for all U.S. employees. Philip O joins us. He's got more details on that. Phil, good morning. Good morning, Becky. United becoming the first major airline to tell its employees, at least those who are based here in the United States, you either need to be vaccinated or you will not be with this company much longer. Here's the vaccine mandate that uh, United is announcing today. It's for all U.S.-based employees. The deadline, late September, early October. It partially depends on when the FDA does full approval on some of the uh, vaccines that are out there. If that doesn't happen, then the date might slide into early October. There will be religious and medical exemptions. They will uh, decide those on a case-by-case basis. If you are noncompliant, if you say, you know what, I'm not doing it, those workers, they will be fired. United has 67,000 U.S.-based employees, 71,000 overall for the entire company. But for now, this is only impacting U.S.-based employees. The pilots are already 90% vaccinated. The flight attendants, 80% vaccinated. In announcing this uh, decision, United CEO uh, Scott Kirby sent a memo to employees. In it, he wrote, over the last 16 months, Scott, not that he's talking about himself in the third person, but it says Scott, has sent dozens of condolences letters to the family members of United employees who have died from COVID-19. We're determined to do everything we can to try and keep another United family from receiving that letter. The incentive for employees who have not yet been vaccinated to do this, aside from keeping your job, a day off of work. They've already worked this out with uh, the unions in terms of an incentive for uh, those union employees to become vaccinated. And one last note, guys, you might be saying, well, why are they doing this now? United has seen what's happened in the past in when we start to head into the fall and the fact that you may see a surge in cases. They want to get ahead of that. They would like to have all of their U.S.-based employees vaccinated before there's any potential surge in COVID-19 cases that could come this fall. So again, this is a big step with United becoming the first major airline to say, you got to be vaccinated if you're going to work here. Guys, back to you. Hey, Phil, really interesting. Two points. Um, First of all, the idea that this is going to be time to when there is a full approval from the FDA. So that's a recognition and maybe why they haven't done it sooner. But they've got incredibly high um, vaccination rates already for for pilots. You said 90 percent for the Flight attendants, 80 percent. What about the rest of the employee base, maybe people who aren't uh, directly with customers? Uh, We asked that question. They do not have a percentage at this point. Uh, There was a briefing with the safety officer uh, for United Airlines, and the safety officer said, look, we don't have an exact percentage in terms of what we think it is for the entire company. But we should point out, Becky, they have an, an internal app so that you can upload your vaccination card. And it's not uncommon that when they have staff meetings or everybody gets together, whether it's at the headquarters in downtown Chicago or at another location, it's not uncommon for people to be sitting around the table or in a room to say, hey, here you go, here's my check mark. I've been fully vaccinated and it's in the app. 
And Spirit Airlines continuing to struggle, canceling now more than half of its flights yesterday. Since Sunday, Spirit uh, had canceled over 1,700 flights as it deals with staffing shortages and technical issues and bad weather as well. So um, we're going to be keeping an eye uh, on on uh, on Spirit. This is uh, Spirit's been uh, I don't want to say a casualty of uh, uh, some of the issues of this uh, period. American Airlines, Becky, as well. Uh, has has been canceling a lot of flights. Well, yeah, and they can blame it on the bad weather, and I'm sure that plays a role in it. But there are some airlines that I think that have suffered quite a bit more than other airlines who are flying through some of that same weather. And that gets down to really which airlines are, are able to staff properly, which ones are anticipating right. um, how many flights they're going to need, how many have kept um, pilots uh, trained through all of this, because that's the problem. Once uh, you, you furlough a pilot, it's not easy. You can't just flip a switch and have them back in. They have to have all sorts of training hours before they can go back on. And that's been a huge issue, too. So some airlines have managed it better than some others. Yes. And uh, and by the way, also raises all sorts of questions about some of the taxpayer bailouts and what they did with the money and whether they spent it properly in terms of operationalizing um, and being ready to bring the economy back Uh, online, if you will, Um, and clearly Spirit struggling with that. Back to school set to begin for many students in just a few weeks, and teachers are heading into another challenging year as COVID cases climb around the country. Kate Rogers is here this morning with a look at how the year is shaping up as public schools around the country also face an ongoing shortage of teachers. Kate. Hey, Andrew, good morning. We've been tracking the nationwide teacher shortage for years long before the pandemic, but COVID will likely exacerbate the situation. One in four teachers say they are likely to leave the profession by the end of this year. Nearly 80% reported feeling job-related stress last year, according to a recent poll from the American Federation of Teachers and RAND. Now, in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis has said that schools cannot enforce mask mandates, but teachers like Jim Gard in Broward County say that masks just make sense to protect teachers and students alike. I have no problem, you know, wearing a mask and making sure that, you know, I'm safe. Hence, my family is safe, you know, washing hands and all that kind of stuff. Like I said, this could have been in the rearview mirror or awful close to it if uh, common sense would have been, you know, used. Now, the threat is that if Broward were to go through with its mask mandate as planned, the state could potentially pull funding, which could impact budgets, and Guard says that that could exacerbate the teacher shortage issue there. But not all parents want to see universal masking policies put in place at schools. Unmask Our Kids is a local group in Connecticut that held a rally against masks for kids in schools just this week. It's like the finish line just keeps moving. Oh, we have, you know, if we do this, then it'll be over. Oh, no, now it's if we do this, then it'll be over. Oh, no, now if it's we do this, it'll be over. I mean, what are we teaching our kids? You know, there's no end. Now, Andrew, you can see a lot of push-pull between some of the parents, the teachers, the schools, but that shortage issue did hit 100,000 positions for the first time in 2019. You have to remember that was before the pandemic, so where things stand now, even potentially worse. Back over to you. Before you go, where do uh, big teachers unions at this point stand on vaccine mandates? We talked about it earlier uh, in the week for teachers, but it looks like it may be shifting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Randy Weingarten, the AFT president, did say yesterday she was kind of leaving the door open to a potential mandate. We're considering all alternatives, including, you know, looking at, at, at vaccine mandates. But at the end of the day, I want to lift up the fact that 90 percent, nine out of 10 teachers have already been vaccinated. 
and they know that it's safe and effective. That union in particular, about 90% of its teachers are vaccinated and they've been touring the country really trying to get uh, both their teachers and parents and students all on board with getting the vaccine. So not many unions coming out and saying, yes, we're going for this just yet, but that news coming out yesterday. So that could signal a potential shift there, Andrew. Okay, Kate Rogers, have a great weekend. Hey, Becky, before, before we go to break, just mm-hmm. as a clarification on our big conversation about CNN and the firings with the vaccination and Jeff Zucker. Yeah. One of the unique things is what he really said, because I've been looking into this now, is he said he was firing them for lying, mm-hmm. not for not really taking the vaccination, for lying about not taking the vaccination. Now, some people say yeah. that's splitting hairs, well, no, but it's, it's we not, talked about whether there'll was, be lawsuits was, and the like. And it becomes an interesting issue. So. Yeah, if it was voluntary to come into the office, but you could only come in if you were vaccinated. I understand that point. But I, you know, I, I would just love to know more of the details, because you could also imagine a scenario where somebody uh, somebody's manager said, hey, we really need you to come in. OK, I'll come in. Um, have you been vaccinated? Yeah, sure. I've been vaccinated. Um, maybe these people already and that's, had exposure to and COVID. What you, maybe they right. already had COVID. Maybe they had natural immunity. I just don't know enough about it. So um, maybe I should just shut up. We will see. Next up on Squawk Pod, the return to work. But it's complicated. Who gets to go? Who has to go? And what vaccine autonomy do workers really have? More on CNN's move and Kate Kelly from The New York Times. You're just starting to see this developing trend. You have to take away some of people's abilities to do things they want to do in order to incentivize them to get the vaccine. So it's the carrot or the stick for some people, but remote resort work for everyone else? LaSalle Network's Tom Gimble. I think there's going to be a huge blue-collar, white-collar divide. They're going to say, wait a second, not only do I have to come in, not only do I have to be vaccinated, but you get to work on the beach in Florida and in the mountains in Utah. We're back in a minute. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Here's Becky Quick. You know, um, we keep coming back to this, the CNN question about whether workers should be fired for not being vaccinated when the policy in the company is to be vaccinated. And right. I, you know, I, I keep coming back to it. We don't know everything about it, but I know of situation after situation where employees are, are told, uh, just check it off on the box, just say this, just do that. Um, just heard about another situation where somebody works in New York and every day on the forum you're asked to fill out, have you left the state of New York in the last 10 days? Well, this person lives in right. New Jersey. Their, their uh, boss told them, no, nah, just lie on the form. 
You know, you, you wonder what kind of pressure gets put into some of these things. And clearly, oh. Jeff Zucker is setting a, a very right. clear line from here on out that if you're not vaccinated and you don't tell the truth about that, you are not going to continue to be employed here. Um, but I think this is going to kick up lots of questions at other workplaces around the country. You're getting a little sympathetic, I think. It sounds no, like look, I think it's fair workers. game. I think it's absolutely fair game to say this is a situation where everyone has to be vaccinated and there's no way around it. But when you have a policy that it's voluntary to show up at work, um, you're going to have clear situations where you have some employees who don't have to be in the workplace, who can choose to stay home. Other employees who absolutely have to be in the workplace. It's you know, there are some some pretty I, I just know it from watching what I've seen in different places, talking to other people where. The, the rules are there for a lot of people as a CYA for management, and that's kind of a wink and nod from other people who go along with it. It's, it's a complicated situation. If they've been very clear from the beginning and say it, okay. Um, right. But I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to take Jeff's side on this I, I one. I think, I think it's fair. I think it's very fair to do issue it. And I, I think it's serious, and right. I'd love to see vaccine mandates in our workplace. I, I, I think it's very fair. It's just there's so many questions, and I try to look at this from a perspective of people in, in reality who have been living through this and coming into the workplace through this when other people got to stay home. Um, there's still questions well, that, around that. that. That's a, that's, there, there is an issue about the, the, the sort fairness. of divide between those who worked in the office and didn't. No question. But um, I, I, think that, I think that he laid it out pretty, uh, pretty clearly from the beginning. Did about every other manager also go along was. with that? To say, okay, you don't have to come into the workplace, but I really need somebody today because I'm short-staffed. And I think you'll, you will find out whether that, that, that detail exists. Look, yeah. if a manager told someone to lie on the form, then, 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 then it changes the dynamic of the that facts. That didn't happen at CNN. This was another, another friend of mine who was facts. just telling me about these stories. But you hear it all the time. Right. Um, people who lay out the rules in some workplaces and then kind of wink and nod because they know it's a pain and nobody wants to go along with it. So this clearly sets a message. Um, and I think you're going to need to be very clear with the rules from here on out in every workplace. Talking about uh, the return to work and the office, Tom Gimbel, founder and CEO of staffing and recruiting firm LaSalle Network and New York Times reporter Kate Kelly. Uh, thank you both for joining us this morning. I want to just get straight into this discussion because there's two things going on. One is offices across the country are rethinking this this post Labor Day return to the office. And I want to talk about what that means. But I want to talk about the idea of enforcement, actually, because here we have a situation where a lot of companies have been thinking about, should they put mandating policies, vaccine mandate policies into effect? And if we do, can we enforce it? How do we enforce it? Jeff Zucker clearly saying, you know what, enough's enough. We're enforcing it. And, and interestingly, it wasn't just that they weren't vaccinated. Clearly, the issue, I think, in, the real issue, or at least the legal issue, is that they lied about it. Tom, what do you think? I think, number one, Jeff Zucker's problem is called Jeff Tubin because it's not equal about how you hold people accountable for lying and, and poor actions, number one. Number two, I believe Ooh. that the, the people could have worked remotely. That's the biggest challenge. What companies aren't saying, you're fired if you don't get vaccinated. They're saying you can't come into the office if you're not vaccinated, vaccinated only. So they're not saying you can't have your job. And they're saying we don't know where this goes, Delta variant or no Delta variant. We'll see. But for the office, for now, vaccinated only. No one is stopping anybody from working or earning a living. Tom, how do you feel, though, about this? The Washington Post announced a plan that effectively is what might be described as a no vaccine, no paycheck program. They want all of their employees vaccinated. This has not 
almost irrespective of the office policy, from what I understand. And I think you're going to start to see other companies uh, institute similar plans, especially companies that think that they're mission driven and want to protect their employees, whether they come to the office or not. I actually think that it's an okay problem. And I, I think it's a situation or an okay solution to the problem. Companies can do, they're not discriminating against people because of the color of their skin, their religious beliefs. What they're saying is there is a global pandemic. And because we've gotten to the point that there are vaccines, life is returned pretty much back to normal for people. And then we get people saying, this isn't fair. Well, the good news is we have the lowest unemployment rate that we've seen in so long that people can go get a job someplace else. Companies are doing this for the safety of the majority of their employees. That should be applauded. If this had happened any other time in history, it would have been congratulations. You're standing up for what's right. But today there's so much political divisiveness that people want to throw stones at anybody who wants to do what's right for the masses. Kay Kelly, uh, you've been covering the Wall Street banks uh, for many, many years. They have been the most aggressive uh, about getting people back in the office um, much earlier than, than, than many other uh, industries. And now we have a situation where the Delta variant is with us. Have they changed their plans and do you expect them to, to materially change their plans? Yeah, we're starting to see the rollback already, Andrew, uh, starting yesterday with the fact that BlackRock and Wells Fargo said they're going to delay their fuller mandate to return to the office from an early September timeframe to an early October timeframe. Now, that's only a month. It doesn't make a huge difference. What I'm curious to see, though, is whether that has to be rolled back even further because of the Delta variant. And then you also have what have essentially been at the vanguard of this return to office process, which is Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan. So far, they're unbending. Essentially, most of their people are in the office. There are exceptions, but you know, since earlier this summer, they've wanted that to happen. The enforcement issue is a really interesting one, too, and it really sort of varies company to company. I think what CNN did is interesting, because if you're not going to enforce the policy, in a way, why have it? I mean, firing somebody may be extreme, and I don't know all the details of that circumstance, but maybe you suspend somebody for a while. Maybe you tell them they can't come back to the office. They have two weeks unpaid or what have you. But, you know, if you're not going to enforce it in some way, people may not honor the rule. Now, there are different ways to do it. I understand that at Goldman, for instance, you have to show proof of vaccination. And if you are not vaccinated, you may be working in a separate area than those who are. And you may be subjected to much stiffer masking requirements than others. Kate, one of the other things that I keep hearing about is um, that some of the big banks and other institutions that want their people back are going to ramp testing programs back up. So, for example, uh, my understanding was that Goldman Sachs and uh, Blackstone and others had, had actually started to scale back some of those testing programs as the vaccine has emerged. But now that we're starting to see breakthrough cases are going to bring testing back. Do you think testing is going to be a, a long term solution, not only for people who are but uh, not only for the unvaccinated, but actually for the vaccinated? Yeah, I think you have to assume so. I mean, I think those details are still developing. I do know that in the Wells Fargo and BlackRock communications yesterday, they encouraged everyone to get a vaccine. Uh, one of them talked about testing on site and reviving some of those programs. Um, so I, I would think it's a natural progression to see more of that. Certainly in some parts of the country, it's never really gone away. I mean, I know that my children had to get uh, COVID tests before they could even go to camp this summer within sort of a four day window. And you're right, Blackstone early on uh, when they were gradually bringing people back to the office about a year ago or maybe a little less than a year ago, they had these mandatory weekly saliva tests. 
um, before you could get cleared to go into the office that week. Back to just this idea of this not being a requirement for work that everybody gets to work anyway, because I, I, I don't think that's really true. I, I think part of what's happening here is just this inequality between workers who are allowed to work at home and those who can't, because you can say it's voluntary whether you want to come in or not, but there are some jobs that can't be done from home. Um, I, I think about here where anchors and reporters have been allowed to work at home, so have managers if they really want to do that. But then you've got people who are makeup artists. Um, you know, you've got people who are camera operators. And, and this is the case with every company we cover. There are a certain number of employees that have to be there, that have to be there to do their jobs. And that's where it feels a little uncomfortable, where you're saying, on top of the fact that you're not probably wake, making the same wages as the managers, on, on top of a lot of other issues, you, you have to come in and do the commute every day. You're the ones who have to be vaccinated and everybody else doesn't. That is clearly an issue. I'd love to hear Tom's thought on it. But, you know, you're right. The nature of some jobs is that they have to be done in person. I think David Solomon at Goldman Sachs would tell you, yes, you know, on a temporary basis, the banking jobs he has could be done in person, but not long term. This is this is an aberration, this work at home that he's looking to correct. That's a paraphrased version of what he said. So I think it depends very much on the reality of the job, the philosophy of the company, but then a way to sort of as fairly as possible meet out enforcement. Yeah, Becky, I think there's going to be a huge blue collar, white collar divide, for lack of a better definition, is that you're going to have the truck drivers, the warehouses, you said the makeup artists, the cashiers, and they're going to say, wait a second, not only do I have to come in, not only do I have to be vaccinated, but you get to work on the beach in Florida and in the mountains in Utah and all these other places, and I'm here every day. And I think eventually, if this thing continues this way, you're going to have those service workers, those blue-collar workers that are going to stand up and say, I want to work it. And remember how tough the employment market is to find those people right now, that they're going to say, I want to work at a company where everybody comes into the office. And if you have to drive people that way, that's a huge difference. And we haven't seen that hit a peak yet. And we're going to see that, if not this year, early next year. One of the things we've seen right now is actually this breakdown between white collar and blue collar in a different way when it comes to the vaccine mandates, which is to say Walmart, for example, has said, you know what, our corporate our corporate workers, you, you're required to have the vaccine. We're doing that. But if you work in one of the stores, you work in a distribution center, you don't. Why are they making those decisions? Because there's a view that they can get compliance in the office but that there could be a walkout or worse in the stores. There's no doubt about it. We also have a problem finding hourly workers and everyone's trying to balance this. If unemployment were at 9%, Andrew, there wouldn't even be a conversation because everybody would be swarming for any job they could get and they'd be getting a shot in the arm first thing in the morning every day to go to work. So there is this divide between the two sides of things, and it's going to only get bigger. It's not going to get smaller. But I, I heard what Becky said in an earlier segment, that once the government authorizes with FDA approval the vaccine versus emergency usage, then there's going to be less excuse from the employee who's putting that up there, and we'll start to see this turn a little bit. But well, Andrew, let me you ask you, just go, go ahead, Kate. Pieces. You're, you're just starting to see this developing trend, even in New York City with Mayor de Blasio, uh, that you have to take away some of people's 
abilities to do things they want to do in order to incentivize them to get the vaccine. Now, I know that kind of thinking from government makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. But the reality is we have a resurgence of the virus in this country. The Delta variant is very concerning. It's certainly concerning to these corporations. And what we have had is a segment of people who have not been vaccinated for a variety of reasons, some perhaps health reasons, concerns about, as Tom said, the, the lack of formal authorization, long-term authorization, but some because they're hesitant, maybe they're not fully informed, maybe they've been given misinformation about what it is, maybe they don't think the virus is so bad for a whole host of reasons. So now you have, once again, corporations potentially at the vanguard of what really is a cultural or a social issue saying we need people to be vaccinated for the greater good. And rightly or wrongly, I think this is going to be a feature of the next leg of this thing. We are going to leave the conversation there, though. This debate is going to continue to rage on. We hope to continue this debate with both of you uh, over the next uh, days and weeks. Thanks, guys, and have a great weekend. Thanks for having me. Cheese will be next. Still to come, the jobs market heading out of this world, a Virgin Galactic price cut, and the next cohort of astronauts. 450K, Becky. What do you think? No, thank you. More Squawk Pod after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Here's Andrew Ross Sorkin. Two, one, release, release, release. Shares of Virgin Galactic, they're higher. Company said it would uh, reopen ticket sales with prices beginning at four hundred fifty thousand dollars per ticket per seat. Company's next space flight uh, is targeting late September, carrying members of the Italian Air Force. Four hundred fifty k, Becky. What do you think? Is that is that changing your view? You're, is that your? No, thank you. It's coming down. The price is coming down. It's not it in our come territory quite yet. Quite a bit lower before I want to get. I, I just I'm not interested in going up right now. <laughs> I like things here. Earth is a pretty good, great place. I'm fine staying on ground. So no price, no price. Not now. I mean, it's, I wouldn't say never, but I'd feel pretty comfortable saying not for a very, very, very long time. Just not interested, not on my bucket list. I don't know. How okay. about you? 450 is still high for me. I, would, I, I wouldn't do it yet. I, I think I need, uh, I need to see a couple, couple more successful launches. Is that because launches. you're cheap or because you're not really interested in going up? Because for me, I just don't care. Combo. You know me. A, I like a good deal. I need Gotcha. Gotcha. Don't want to pay retail, right? I hear you. No, no. I, I, and I'm worried. I'm a little, I'm a little anxious. It's the, it's you the know worries me. that get me. Me too. That's Squawk Pod for today. Thank you for listening this week. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern to see us on the air. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, you already know what to do. Listen and follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And since I know you'll miss us over the weekend, 
Keep in touch. Send us a tweet at Squawk CNBC. Tell us where and when you listen, what you thought of today's content. We want to hear from you. Have a good weekend. We'll meet you back here on Monday. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.